your senior pastors. Come on, can we give it up for Apostle Sherman, Dr. Jaquette in the building this morning. Come on, can we honor them this morning? My, my, my. Check, 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 check. Oh, as I was uh, preparing for my message, I felt like I was preparing more about what to say about your pastors than I was the Word of God. But uh, Apostle Sherman has meant so much to me over the years. Um, him and my pastor, my spiritual father, Pastor Obed Martinez, they go way back. And uh, so I I'm kind of like that, that white nephew you didn't know you had. <laughs> and I came to eat all your food today. <clears throat> but Apostle uh, has influenced me so much in just the short time I've got to be around him. Shaped my view of the prophetic, shaped my view of ministry, shaped my view of life. And uh, it, yeah, just, just so y'all know this too, y'all pastors are the real deal. Yeah. They're, they're, they're the real deal. Yeah. Honor you, man and woman of God. So thankful for you both. Uh, such a privilege, man, to be here on a Sunday morning, too. My wife and I have been married four years now. Uh, my wife, Miranda, yeah, we could praise the Lord. <laughs> we got the rest of our lives to go, so pray for us. But um, we, uh, we recently just relocated to Los Angeles. Our church launched a third campus in the area. It's a Torrance. And so we're helping lead that campus now uh, as of January. And so Sundays is like, that's work for me. Like, I don't go speak on Sundays, and, 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 but, but, but when, when Apostle Sherman calls, you move some things around. He said, can you come? I said, give, give me five minutes. Let me make a phone call. But so honored and privileged to be here. My wife sends her love. My senior pastors, Pastor Obed and Pastor Lissette, they send their love. But, uh, man, just, just really, really privileged to be here, man. Just so you know, I got more out of worship probably than you're going to get out of this message. So, and I felt like I lost some weight doing it. Come on now. <laughs> but I'm privileged and honored to be here this morning. I believe that God wants to do something specific. I believe that he wants to do something intentional. Um, and I just believe that you're here not by accident, whether it's your first time, second time, or you've been here since day one. Uh, the Lord has a way of doing a new thing every time we come to him. And that's how good God is. And so I'm excited to preach today. Get a Bible if you can. Go to the book of Romans, chapter 13. I hope you've been enjoying the Road to Romans series. Um, again, what God has been doing here at All Nations San Bernardino is, is, is this is different. This is special. This is not ordinary. The expectation uh, that is in this place is, is very uncommon. And I believe the anointing that's on this house is uncommon. And I believe, you, you see, you can't get familiar with these kind of atmospheres. You know what I'm saying? You can't walk in the building and say, oh, here we go, because you just never know what the Lord's going to do. And, and it's, called, it's called paradoxical ascent. Every time you get close to God, you feel farther away because you see how big he really is. Are you following me this morning? So you can't get used to him. You can't get familiar with him. And I've been chewing on Romans 13 for about a week and a half, and I just, I just, I thought I knew it. I was wrong. Romans chapter 13, we're going to start in verse 11. If you have it, say amen. Oh, family, I'm excited. I consider myself family, so, you know, I'm going to go off today. Just, just vibe with me. Uh, starting in verse number 11, if you're ready, say, I'm ready. Here is the word of the Lord. The apostle Paul says, besides this, you know. 
Someone say, you know. You know the time that the hour has come for you to wake from sleep. For salvation is nearer to us now than when we first believed. The night is far gone. The day is at hand. So let us cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly as in the daytime, not in orgies, not in drunkenness, not in sexual immorality, not in sensuality, not in quarreling and jealousy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. I want to draw your attention to verse 14 of the epistle to the Roman church here. It says this, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ, make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. I want to title uh, this message this morning as we continue the Road to Roman series. I want to call this message, It's Time to Get Dressed. <clears throat> it's time to get dressed. It's time to get dressed. Can we pray? Father, thank you for the moments we share. Make them supernatural. Without you, I'm just a guy talking. But with you, we hear from heaven. Father, with, without you, this is just a speech, just a mental exercise, but with you, breakthrough happens. Clarity comes. Understanding is unlocked. And so we thank you for how good you are. In Jesus' name, everybody say it. Amen. Would you turn to somebody and say, it's time to get dressed. It's time. Thank you so much. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, as we've been learning, the book of Romans is very amazing uh, letter of scripture. You've been learning from Apostle Sherman as we go week by week that this is an apostolic letter coming from a father to his kids. Um, the Apostle Paul is planning to go to Spain and he needs to kind of recruit Christians in Rome. He needs to prepare them for what's next. Every time God speaks, he's telling you what is, but he's also telling you what's next. And he has this way in this letter, most theologians say, it is his greatest work. He, he, he dives into some of the deep theological issues of the church. You've got to remember, too, he's writing to Christians. Yeah. He's writing to people that already believe. See, if the church of Jesus is going to grow, uh, it's not that we need to fix the lost people. We need to fix the found people. Uh, the Apostle Paul is saying, listen, I know you guys are excited about Jesus and you've got all this down, uh, but there's a couple things that you kind of missing on. Couple things. Some of these people had grown up in Rome. They had grown up in the society and the culture of the day. And the Apostle Paul has this way of kind of like just kind of saying you're close, but I just got to kind of get you on the right track. Someone say right track. And, and, and he says something so interesting in verse number 11. He says, you know the time is coming for you to wake from sleep. He, he, he's trying to show us something. He's saying, you're, you're there, but in a spiritual sense, it seems like you're asleep right now. As I said, I've been married four years now. I love my wife, uh, but, but one thing that, that they never gave me a manual for is, is sleeping next to somebody in bed. Like, like, when you're about to get married, you're excited. You're like, every moment's going to be amazing. And I'm going to wake up to the smell of bacon and eggs every morning. And if she rolls over in the middle of the night, her breath is going to smell amazing. And I learned something about myself. I was about maybe six months into our, mar our marriage, and my wife, the next one morning, she just wakes me up. And she says, hey, she's, hey. I'm like, it's 7 o'clock, girl, what are you talking about? Like, hey, hey. She said, you, you talk in your sleep. You ever been around a sleep talker? 
They're just kind of laying you. I'm not going. You can't. You're like, my wife's like, man, you, you, you talk in your sleep. And when I read that, I was brought back to that moment because people can still talk when they're sleeping. You, you ever been sleeping before and you're having a dream and in your dream you're hearing something and you wake up and you were actually hearing it while you were sleeping? See, just because someone can hear something doesn't mean that they're actually awake. The Apostle Paul is saying, you guys are here, but I think you asleep. See, people can talk in their sleep. They can hear things in their sleep. Some people, they can walk in their sleep. Just be walking up against a wall and stuff, just... The Apostle Paul is saying, yeah, you guys are Christians, but it seems like you're not awake. Yeah. You're missing something. He likens their spirituality as someone being asleep. I don't know about you, but I feel like I've, I've definitely been asleep when it comes to following Jesus at times. I mean, you can be in church. You can be listening to preaching. You can be listening to worship music. You ever, you ever been worshiping before and your hands are lifted, but your mind is somewhere else? And you're lifting your hands, but you're still thinking about last night. And you're like, wait a minute. This is just, no, it's okay. Paul is saying, I'm going to teach you how to get up. I'm going to teach you how to wake up. See, where this church is going, you're going to have to stay awake. You're going to have to stay woke because where God is taking this church, where he's taking this movement, we don't have time to be sleep talking. We don't have time to be sleep walking. It's time to get up and get dressed because he's taking you somewhere. I feel like running. So he says it's time for you to wake up. Now, I don't know about you. Uh, I'm originally from the desert, Palm Springs area, where, you know, it's like in the summertime, it's like 150 degrees. Praise the Lord. I've been delivered. I'm living in South Bay. Someone say, are you cold? It was like 75. I'm like, a little bit. <laughs> but in the desert, I would wake up, and, and, and then I'd have to get dressed. Clothes is a part of society. Amen. Amen. Let me walk around naked around here. So Paul says, after you wake up, there's some things you've got to do. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And if we, the church of Jesus Christ, if we're going to continue what he has started, we're going to have to not just get up. It's not enough just to be up anymore. It's time that we get up and we get dressed. Someone say, get dressed. Okay, in these four verses, there are four things that I think the Apostle Paul is telling us uh, as a church about what it means to get dressed. And I want to give them to you this morning. If you're taking notes, write them down. If you're not taking notes, amen. Feel like I'm home already. Hey. But a couple things about getting dressed this morning that I think uh, you've got to recognize and realize today that the Apostle Paul wants us to know. The first thing is when you get in dress, you need to dress where you're going, not where you're at. You need to dress where you're going, not where you're at. He says the time has come for us to wake up because salvation is nearer than when we first believed. So if you know where you're going, you ought to dress like where you're going. 
okay? Uh, this, 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 about four weeks ago, four weeks ago, I spoke my last message as a youth pastor. Now, I did youth ministry for six years, y'all, six years as a youth pastor. I love youth ministry. You could do anything in youth ministry, okay? You could just do anything. Like, we, we started our ministry with, like, ten kids, grew it to hundreds, but I used to know everything that was going on in everyone's lives, you know what I'm saying? So I would be preaching, and I would just, that's why the Spirit of God says, stop sleeping with your girlfriend, Clean your room so your mom doesn't call the church office anymore. It's a good thing I'm out of youth ministry. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but one thing I love about the next generation is uh, 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 we, everyone's getting married. You know what I'm saying? Like every couple years, like there's like five marriages in our church in a row. And then like three years, you know, everyone kind of waits. And then, and then it's like bam, 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 three in a row again. And so my wife and I, we just got done with wedding season. We started a couples group a year and a half ago. We had six couples that were either dating or engaged. All of them are married now. Praise the Lord. You know what I'm saying? So, so it's wedding season for my wife and I, Randy, and so we're driving to San Diego for a wedding. We're driving to L.A. for a wedding, and, and I used to keep my clothes, like, in the back seat, and I'd dress when I get there. Finally, I was like, I'm tired of that, man. I'm just going to wear my suit as I'm driving. And so I drive, and we, we pull up to a gas station. And you ever be all dressed up, and you walk into a gas station, and I got my suit on, you know what I'm saying? I got a three-piece suit, a little, little tie, and I got some loafers. My ankles are showing, and I walk in. <laughs> I walk in, and, and people are just like, Looking at me. And I almost felt the need, like, to kind of be like, I'm going to a wedding. <laughs> the first two times, I was just, like, pretending phone calls. Yeah, I'll be at the wedding soon. <laughs> but, see, something happens when you know where you're going. Something happens when you dress to where you will go. It doesn't matter what the people that are here are saying. It matters what you look like where you're going. See, how differently would we think if we stopped listening to who's here? Because don't get me wrong, I love the people that are here. But the Apostle Paul is saying not everybody that's here is going to get there. You got to be focused on there. So when you get there, you look like where you're supposed to be. Don't wait till you get there to start praying. Don't wait till you get married to start praying. Start doing it now and God will get you there. Tell someone, say, get dressed, get dressed, get dressed. He says, you got to dress like where you're going. You know where you're going. Don't, don't, don't wait till you get there to start doing it. They say this in the corporate world, dress for the job you want, not the job you get. My question is, why is the corporate world so different than the church? Talk about, I'll, I'll, I'll stop looking at that once I get a girl. I'll stop listening to that kind of stuff until once I get here. Or I'll really start praying once they give me a mic to preach. Or I'll do it once I get there. Wonder why God's not elevating you. See, here's the thing. In this day and age, hear me by the Spirit of God. God is elevating hearts. He can use a gift. But he's not just looking for a gift anymore. He's looking for something's going to last. He's looking for some integrity. He's looking for somebody that looks like where he is. I don't want to wait to get there. I want to do it now. So he said, dress to where you're going. Are you ready for the second one? Huh, I like the monitors. They help me out. 
Number two, not only should you dress where you're going, but you need to dress to your identity, not to your feeling. You need to dress to your identity. See, when you, when you know you are, who you are, you know what you can wear and what you can't wear. You, you, you ever, like, put something on and you're like, this just isn't me. Like, you're trying, you know, like, like, listen, again, when I was a youth pastor, I could wear anything. You know what I mean? I got ripped jeans and all this kind of stuff. I'm just, and, and, and now I'm working with adults and stuff and in my community. My pastor's like, you better have a blazer every single Sunday. I started looking at Apostle's last few messages. He was wearing a T-shirt. I was like, okay, I'm good. We good to go. I'm not showing up with no blazer. I'm going to preach this thing. But you have to dress to your identity. See, the gospel is a picture of who we are. Okay? Don't get it twisted. You don't come to church just so you can hear what to do. Everyone out there telling you what to do. Our job as the church is to remind people who they are, and then we tell them what they can do. I'll go further. We got to remind them what he did before we realize what we can do. This is why Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it's my identity. It's who I am. How can I kick aside who I am? I know who I am because I know whose I am, and now I know what I can do. See, you got to, you got to, man, I'm learning this. I'm learning this. I, 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 it took me a while to find out who I was. Like, when I, when I started preaching, I, again, I told you what I was preaching before. It was horrible. And, and, and I was trying to preach like everybody else. I was trying to preach. One, one of my, I used to try to preach like uh, uh, Pastor Chris Hill uh, from the Potter's House. I would be preaching, and then when I would drop something, I would. And one day my wife comes to me. She goes, why do you keep flicking the mic like that? You know, what are you doing? And I'm like. I'm preaching. What you mean? What am I doing? And I started preaching like all these other people that I would listen to. And, and just, I remember it was a baptism, that Sunday before baptism Sunday, I preached a message. And, and it was called, There's Something in the Water. And it changed me forever because I feel like for the first time, I found me. And when you know you, you know what works and what doesn't work. When you know your identity, you say no a lot more than you say yes. Because you, you just, you, that doesn't match here. That just, that doesn't work anymore. That, that used to work before I got saved. That used to work like when we were dating. That used to work like when I was just an employee. But something changes in you when you know who you are. Look, look, at, look at verse number 12 again. He says this. He says, the night is far gone. The day is at hand. Verse 12, let us cast off the works of darkness, put on the armor of light. In other words, he's saying, uh, uh, to put off the stuff that's not you. It's not who you are. Notice this is chapter 13. He, he's already gone through all the deep stuff. He's already gone through justification. He's already gone through the renewing of the mind. He's already gone through the Romans road to salvation. And so this is after the basics. He says, okay, now that y'all got that, let me just remind you who you are again. See, identity, identity is one of those things you never fully figure out. You're always knowing, growing, learning. So much, Jesus said one time, he says, uh, this is eternal life, John 17. He said, this is eternal life, that they might know Jesus Christ the Son and God the Father. What is he saying? Eternity 
is going to be about knowing God. Be 10,000 years going to go by and you'll be like, I love it up here. And God's going to say, here's another 10,000 years of who I am. And 10,000 years are going to go by and you're going to say, okay, God, I got you figured out. And he's going to say, you're just getting started. Here's another 10,000 years. See, we got to stop acting like we know him and keep knowing him and keep seeking him and keep pursuing him. You read the Psalms, you read the Psalms, David says, I know you, God, I love you, God. But he still wakes up the next morning and says, early in the morning, I seek thee, O God. Some of the greatest voices that have ever touched the church were the ones that found God and then woke up and kept pursuing him. He's not a destination, he's the journey. I'm learning more as I go than when I get there. We got to dress to our identity, not to our feeling. Because when you're feeling something, uh, you put on all kinds of stuff you shouldn't be wearing. <laughs> like when you're feeling hurt, you start putting on hurt. When you feel rejected, you start putting on rejection. It's not just a feeling once you put it on. It's a part of your wardrobe. And when it's a part of your wardrobe, it becomes who you are. That's not who God made you to be. You've got to realize when people talk, just brush it off. Because I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to put something on me that doesn't match who he is. You with me? So I got to address my identity. Someone say identity. identity. This, is, this is a big hot button in the church. We will always be struggling with identity. Until we are face to face with Jesus, we will always be struggling with identity. People, people, we uh, forget where I was. I was speaking somewhere and I brought a group of guys with me and we went and, and it was a Spanish church. I love preaching in Spanish churches. It's got the translator and everything. It's, it's easy to preach in Spanish church. You just say, God is good. <laughs> And, and afterwards, we went out to lunch. We went out to lunch, and, and I'm with all my guys, and we're talking. What you guys think? Oh, man, it was crazy. It was crazy. Something like this. And, and then one of them said, man, it was good. But, you know, I just, I just you know, the worship, they, I, didn't, I wasn't feeling the worship. And, and I'm about to reach across the table and slap him. Because I kind of looked, and I'm like, it's okay. Because the worship not for you. See, we got to be careful when we're down here and we look up here as this is like, well, this is for my entertainment. Nah, 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 nah. Was when somebody says, I don't know, that's just not my personality to worship like that. That's just not my personality. I said, that's the problem. <laughs> worship is not a personality type. Worship is who we are. It's who we identify with. I was created to worship. Can I go deeper? You, you, you remember Adam and Eve? Perf, perfect harmony with God. No distractions, no Instagram, no exes hitting you up. Just, you know, just focused. Perfect harmony with God. Always worshiping. It's not a problem to worship. You, you ever go somewhere nice and, and like you by the beach or something and you're like, man, it's easy to love God right here. We were last night our campus had like a volunteer appreciation. We were at this big mansion up in the hills looking over the mountains and looking at the water and I stepped on the balcony. I was like, it'd be easy to be a Christian here. 
It'd be easy to read my Bible here every morning, you know. So Adam and Eve had perfect worship and then they sinned. And because they sinned, they were kicked out of that harmony. And then people started needing a savior. And so now the reason that we preach is so that people can hear about a savior. So I think Veron Ash says we preach today because man sinned yesterday. You with me? But if man never would have sinned, he would still have to worship. See, don't fall in love with preaching. Preaching just gets you to realize who you are. Worship is when you function as who you are. I was created to lift my hands. I was created to lift his name. You wonder why we're jumping and dancing? Because we know who we are. Man, y'all heard my testimony too. I no cancer in my body now. I shouldn't be here. So now that I'm here, you just let me get a second to thank him for how good he is. I'm not worried about who's looking, who's watching. I should be gone. I shouldn't be here. But because I am, I'm going to worship like I should. I'm going to pray. Would you lift up some praise right now? I'm at this place in my life where I don't want to think too much because when I think too much, I waste time not doing what I was created to do. So worship is my identity. I need to dress my identity, not just my feeling. You ready for number three? You can stay there for a second. Look at number three. Not only should I dress where I'm going and I shouldn't just I should just dress my identity. Number three, write this down. It's not too late for a wardrobe change. Verse number 13, the Apostle Paul says, let us walk properly as in the daytime. What is he saying? He doesn't say let us go to church properly. He doesn't say let us read our Bibles properly. He says let us walk properly properly i gotta live this thing out i'm not just talking about it i'm not just posting about it but when that moment you know when you can tell if you're walking it out when no one's around are we on struggle absolutely but I, I, I think we heard that God's not ashamed of us. When we come to him, he doesn't see our sin. He sees his son. And when he sees his son, he knows. So I, I got to realize it's never too late for a wardrobe change. Never let the devil, never let the devil tell you like that doctor told me, if you would have came earlier. Aren't you glad God never says that? If you would have came before your divorce. If you would have came before the abortion. If you would have came before the drug addiction, if you would have came before you got fired, if you would have came before they walked out on you, God he doesn't say that. It's never too late for a wardrobe change. I, I've, I've learned to keep like a blazer in my car so that it's just, it, just in case I ever get that call, I, it's not too late for a wardrobe change. He says, let us walk. Certain environments require certain attire. Okay, uh, my, my, my pastor, my bishop, he's always telling me, man, you got, you got to stay focused. You got to do this. And he, he's teaching me character, not just gifting. Okay, this is the problem. We get, we get lost in the gifting. We're like, man, they got, the, they got the gift. Well, the gift is irrevocable. That's what the text says. So the, the gift will be there. 
It's, it, 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 the, the, the people aren't moved by the gift anymore. They're moved by, is this real? So I've got to dress myself in the spirit so that I can last. I don't, I don't want to get there quick. I want to make it and I want to last. I want to be close to him, know him. So where I'm going, I've got to, got to look that way. Verse number 13, one more time. It says, let us walk properly. My wife, uh, like I said, four years now, I love her to death. She always stretches my wardrobe, Okay. You know, she, 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 she's, she's a lot flyer than I am, okay? So she's always getting me to wear stuff, and she try, try this on. Put those pants on. Do this. She had me in this jacket where the button crossed across the top of the shoulder, and it had something hanging from it, and I just was itching, and, and she's like, it, it looks so good. And I had it on. I had it on, and I'm like. And she's like, well, just wear it. I'm like, I can't even move in this thing. And the Lord taught me something. What you wear changes how you walk. What you put on yourself affects your walk. You want to want, why isn't this working anymore? Because what you're wearing is changing your step. It's changing how you interact. If you want to start walking differently, start dressing differently. Start putting on the fruit of the spirit. Start putting on joy, putting on love, putting on peace. When everyone's saying you should be losing your mind right now, you say, no, I'll put it on this morning. And when I got dressed, I'm ready for the test. I'm ready for what's ahead. I'm ready for for where I'm going. God, just get dressed. Turn to someone and say, get dressed. In the, in the church at the time, Paul is writing, and he hasn't been to Rome yet. He's planning. He's hearing all this great stuff. Stuff's going on. He's going to come back around later. And, and he's telling him, he's saying, guys, like, you know, you got these Gentiles that are trying to get saved. Everyone's excited. But you got these Jews that are trying to get saved. And he's like, you know, can, can we just, can you guys just walk this out? Like, people will follow Jesus when they see that he's real in your life. He said, I understand the theological stuff. I already gave that to you. But can you just walk, like, just stop doing all that stuff? In the Roman culture, sex, orgies, all that stuff was normal. He's like, that's who you were. Like, just, that's, that's before. This is who you are now. Start walking. I want to say, turn to someone and say, start walking. Just start walking. Start going. Stop thinking about it. Just walk. Most of us are waiting for God to give it to us before we go. God says, just go, and I'll give it to you. You're waiting for him to give you the word. Just do the last thing he told you to do. And when you do the last thing, he'll do the next thing. Hey. That's like when I, when I get caught up in stuff, I start overthinking. I'm just like, I sit down, and I'm like, Lord, why haven't you given us this? Why haven't you done this? Why, haven't, why are you not doing this? And I just feel this little whisper sometimes. Uh, did you do the last thing I told you to do? And I'm like, yeah, I preached at all nations. What you mean did I do? Of course I did the last thing. He's like, no, 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 no. You, you know that, that text you're supposed to send? Remember that person came on your heart? You're like, yeah, God, but you're still working on them. Once they're ready, you know what I'm saying? Then I'll talk to them. Nah, that's not what he's calling us to do. It, it, it's, it's, it's different. When he starts telling you, this is who I've created you to be, and you've realized who you are, changes what you let come onto your life. The Apostle Paul is writing something so important here. 
And he's saying, I don't want you just to talk like Christians. I want you to walk like Christians. 1 John 2 verse 6 says, if you say you're of him, you ought to walk as he walked. Doesn't say memorize the book. Doesn't say know how to preach. Doesn't say know what to say. Says, no, live this thing out. Do what he did. That's why when Jesus said, when he got ready to leave, he told the disciples, he says, greater works will you do. And that always messes with us, right? We're like, but you're Jesus. But he's not saying greater things will you say or greater words will you preach. He's saying greater things will you do. You're going to do this thing. As I get ready to end, I'm asked the band to join me here. Uh, these points, I hope they're helping you this morning. I got one more for you. So you just need to, you need to dress where you're going, not where you're at. You need to dress to your identity, not to your feeling. It's not too late for a wardrobe change. No one is too far from the grip of God. No family member is too lost. No person in this city is too gone. If he can do it for me, he can do it for them. If he can do it for a robber on the side of a cross, he can do it for someone on the side of the road. Are you with me this morning? If the church is going to make an impact in the world, we got to stop assessing people. Stop analyzing people. Stop saying they don't fit in this mold. They don't look like they should look. No, just start loving them. Just start giving them Jesus. Just start saying he loves you. He's for you. But I'm doing this. But he did this. And what he did is greater than what you're doing. Oh! I'm going to punch this into you for a second. The Bible says while we were still sinning. Christ what? Christ died. None of us are out here dying. The least we can do is love somebody while they're still sinning. The least we can do is invite someone to church while they're still sinning. The least we can do is give somebody something they need when they're still sinning. I know they don't look like you. I know they don't sound like you. But in the eyes of God, they're the same as you. And instead of assessing them and judging and boxing them in, just start loving them. I feel like running. So I got to. Realize it's not too late for wardrobe change. Last thing, number four, and I'm done. You don't always need an accessory. Ah. You don't always need an accessory. Not always. Look at verse 14. He writes, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ. I love this. Put on Jesus, put on who he is. Put on Jesus. Put him on you. Now, for him to come on you, sometimes something else needs to come off. Now, here's the thing. He says, and make no provision for the flesh, gratify its desires. So, so sin, we struggle with it. We're going to keep struggling with it, but God is faithful. The Bible says when we're faithless, he's faithful. So what God, what God does is we get saved and, and, and we, oh, Jesus, thank you so much. You're taking that life off. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Man, me, before, before I even got cancer, I, w- I was raving. I was doing drugs. 
sleeping around, doing all kinds of stuff, doing all kinds of crazy stuff. Jesus saved me. Yes, it's off. And we start coming to church and we're saved and we love the Lord Jesus and we worshiping and come on, heaven is open. We we love it. Everything's great. And And then every now and then we get reminded of that sin. And we come back and we're like, well, you know, I'm not really going to put it on. But it makes a good accessory. And we say, but pastor, but pastor, like, like, I'm not really sleeping with them. But it it just, it just makes a nice accessory. We say, well, (laughs) it's, it's legal now. I mean, I'm not wearing it like I used to. I don't have it on me like I used to. But you're still trying to add it to what you already got. Paul says, that was who you were. That's who you used to be. That's not me anymore. Touch someone, say, that's not me anymore. Look them dead in the eyes and say, that's who I was. That's what I used to do. But I don't need an accessory anymore because I got a whole new wardrobe. I got a whole new fit because I put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen. Here's, here's the problem. My generation, Jesus is cool right now. Like, it's cool to be a Christian right now. It's cool to be a pastor. It's cool, like, like when, when I, people, like, how'd you know that you wanted to be a pastor? I was like, I, I never wanted to be a pastor. That's just, I just, he just came. He just took me. Just came. I didn't have a plan. No one in my family is a pastor. I mean, if that's the case, it doesn't matter. But I'm just saying, like, I never was like, oh, God. this is No, he just kind of came and just took me. Like Amos on the side of the field. I was not a prophet nor the son of a prophet. Just came and just took me. He just took me. He just took me. Mary, sitting there, angel comes to her and says, you're going to give birth to the son of God. See, how? I've not even known a man. Just, bam, took her. And, and, and right now, it's cool to be a Christian. So what's happening is Jesus is even becoming an accessory. And what people are doing is they're saying, Jesus is kind of cool. Maybe I'll just put him on top of what I already got. He makes a good necklace. He makes my career better. He makes my policies better. He makes my job better. But can I tell you, Jesus is not an accessory. He gives you a whole new fit. He gives you a whole new outfit. If you believe it, would you say yeah? If you believe it, would you say yeah? that's why the bible says those that are in christ are a new creation would you stand on your feet all across the room i'm done i'm gonna pray for you but i believe that all nations san bernardino i'm telling you the time of god is now there he's got it for you it's there he brought it to you. It's there. He, they called you. They said, here's where we want you to serve. It's there. The day of the week that you need to get into that connect group, it's there. It's already there. The question is not if he'll do it. The question is, will you? 
time to get dressed. Because where God has taken this church, where he's taken your life, it's not going to look like how it used to be. You're going to get there and people are going to say, wait a minute. You're talking about the raver? You're talking about the, the cancer patient? You're talking about that guy? He's doing what? Nah, I got dressed. And once you get dressed, you feel confident, don't you? You're like, I'm ready to go. It's too many naked Christians running around this world, not wearing what God told them to wear, showing up with their own ego, their own attitude. No, 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 no. This is the God we serve. He's telling us to get dressed. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you here right now. You are showing us how to put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray for people that are tired of wearing the same old thing. I pray for people that are tired of waking up up and putting on hate putting on anger putting on putting on negativity today you're taking it off so we can put something new on right here right now God by the authority of your spirit teach us to get dressed teach us to get dressed if you're here this morning with no one looking around no one no one in anyone else's business if you're here this morning you say Billy I need to get dressed. I've been wearing the wrong thing. I don't have a relationship with God like you're talking about. I feel like I'm not good enough. I feel like I've done too much wrong. God's not afraid of your sin. <laughs> your sin does not scare God. He's here right now. And if you're here and you say, Billy, would you include me in a prayer today? I want to start following Jesus. I want to make this my step. I want to do this right where you are. The Lord will meet you. And if that's you, I want you to throw a hand up on the count of three. If that's you, one, two, three. Say, Billy, pray for me this morning. Thank you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Come on. Hands up. Hands up. I believe that God meets you at your level of expectation. Heard Dr. Jaquette talking on Instagram uh, yesterday when they were in Canada saying that what God is doing here, there's an expectation rising. And you making this decision today, you're saying, I'm expecting different now. I'm not gonna walk in with my head down in church. I'm not gonna walk in afraid of what I've done. Right where you are, the Lord is meeting you. Father, thank you for the hands that lifted. Thank you that you're a God that meets people right where they're at. Thank you. We acknowledge we're nothing without you. We acknowledge we can't do it without you. So meet people in their place of need. Meet them right here, right now. Show them Jesus by the authority of Jesus. Thank you for these new people. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Anybody here uh, have cancer or know someone that has cancer? Know some, would you lift your hands just all across the building? You know somebody that has cancer or you yourself has cancer. Just believe right here, right now, there's a faith here. There's a grace here for that. So right where you are, God's going to meet you. You see someone with their hand lifted, just lay a hand on them gently right next to you. Father, right now we break the spirit of cancer. Cancer is just a word. It has no authority. It has no place. I thank you all across this room. Faith is rising for healing. Thank you that miracles are still what you do. Wonders are still what you do. And so right here we put on faith for this situation. We put on healing. We put on the grace of God. God, in the name of Jesus, let testimonies come, let miracles come, and your will be done in Jesus' name. And if you believe it, would you say amen? Hey, I love you, church. Thank you so much.